Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. You see the pattern? I said, yes, sir. What is it? It's like Oklahoma State seems to be number one and maybe Iowa. That's correct. If you want to be a national champion, that's where you need to go. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast, folks. This is your host, Ryan Warner. My guest today is Vince Silva. Today, he's the head coach at Santa Ana College in California. But back in the 80s, he was a two-time All-American for Okie State. His story about being the first walk-on in Okie State history to become an All-American is incredible, and I can't wait for you to hear it. And just note that this interview was done as part of our research for the seven-part audio documentary series that we're releasing in January called The Smiths. Knowing that Vince was there during John's formidable years in the 80s, we had to get his take on what it was like in Stillwater back in the 80s. Enjoy this interview, folks. Fan of the Week goes to Coach Marlowe. He left a review on Apple Podcasts saying, Love the show. Very engaging conversations with the world's best wrestlers. And folks, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps bubble this show up to other folks who are looking for wrestling content. That's it. Let's give it up for Vince Silva. Vince Silva, go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners here. Um, I was an Oklahoma State guy back in uh, 84 through 88 and uh, got an opportunity to head out to uh, Stillwater as a walk-on and uh, just enjoyed probably the greatest experience of my life being part of the OSU wrestling program and uh, everything that I've learned through um, that program and school and whatnot has contributed to uh, my life today. There are so many stories that I want to start with about your coach telling you to book a flight. You called the travel agent. Is it a one-way flight? Is it a two-way flight? That's all, that's all awesome. We're going to get to that. But let's just start with the very top. You know, when I say the name John Smith, what emotions does that evoke for you? What memories or what attributes come to mind? Uh, well, when John Smith is a common name. But to, to, to the wrestling world, it's, it's, a, it's an icon. Um, and I was fortunate enough to uh, be part of that, that whole um, process with John Smith. I, we were roommates, I think, around my sophomore, maybe in my junior year. We were living in an apartment together on Duck Street in Stillwater. So having the, the, the privilege of, of being part of 
if not the greatest wrestler that ever lived on this planet, uh, just to, to have been part of, uh, you know, the, the the legacy of OSU is just huge. But uh, but yeah, I I was I was I was there, and, and uh, uh, I was with uh, obviously Leroy, his older brother, and, and just the experiences and the uh, relationship that we had, uh, and just just watching, observing, and and living the 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 environment of, of wrestling amongst those those individuals is just phenomenal. How did you first come to meet him? Was it at that fish fry, or did you know him before that? No, we we uh, um, interestingly enough, when um, I, I I got I had a, a mentor, a, a man that basically is, is is the story behind Ben Silver's life. Um, his name was Ronald C. Martin, and this guy was uh, from Chicago. He lived in the South Side of Chicago grew up there and ended up moving to San Luis Obispo, California, where <clears throat> he was uh, working on his uh, mathematics degree um, at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. Long story short is this guy was part of uh, the, the great Terry McCann, Olympian and Olympic, and he was part of this club called the Mary Daly Youth Foundation in, in Chicago. And so this guy just saw me and took me under his wing because of the crazy things I was doing. I was cutting my seventh period PE class in high school to jog over to the nearby local uh, community college, Allen Hancock College, and practicing with their team until about 2.30 p.m. Then I go to my regular practice and it started about three. And I did that for, for a while, a long while, before he says, who, who are you? What are you doing? And, and to make a long story short, we'd be here all day, but he says, he says to me that I'm going to go to Oklahoma State. And I think you, 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 you've, um, uh, please share uh, it though. Please share it though. Yeah. Really? Okay. Well, well, I was showing up to practice and I, I what I do is I, I, as soon as we did roll call at high school, I'm, you know, you pick your number on a cast ball and they do roll call and they hand you a ball and tell you to go play whatever, 45 minutes, and call it the day. It was my last period of PE. I would, as soon as I took roll call, I went to the, uh, uh, my locker room and I, got my wrestling shoes. I had my tennis shoes on. I got my wrestling shoes and I jog over to the college. And when I get to the college, it was about 1.30, maybe, you know, quarter to two. And, um, and, and I was just working out with the college, the JC guys. And the reason I, I knew about them is because one of my former teammates who graduated from high school is, was now wrestling for Allen Hancock College. His name is Darren Lindsay. He was a good friend of mine. And uh, he would invite me to, to come there and, and uh, to, to share their experience. And so, so after several weeks, maybe several months, um, maybe even until the next, the next season or the next summer, I was, I was going to have these practices. One day, this, this man, Mr. Martin, um, who was actually, I didn't know that. I thought he was the head coach, but he was just a volunteer. He was a math teacher there, a math teacher. He asked me one day to meet him in his office after practice. And of course I said, yes, okay, fine. And I went there and he, he sat behind his, his desk, his, his, his desk, and he opened a drawer and he started tossing. He asked me one thing. He asked me, what do you want to do with life? And I said, I just want to wrestle. And he said, what do you want to do with wrestling? I said, I want to be a national champion. He said, okay. So he opened up a drawer, picked up a stack of magazines. I've never been privy to these magazines. And he started flicking one across the desk. And you see, it was U.S. It was uh, amateur wrestling news. Back in, the, back in my day, it was amateur wrestling news. He flipped one over and he said, you see the right hand? corner but the bottom there is a box what's it say I said, it says division one ranking okay who's number one and i'm reading it 
Um, looking for it. Oklahoma State. That's correct. Put another one out there. Who's number one? Oklahoma State. Who's number one? Oklahoma State. Who's number one? Who's number one? Iowa. Iowa. Oklahoma State. You see the pattern? I said, yes, sir. What is it? It's like Oklahoma State seems to be number one and maybe Iowa. That's correct. If you want to be a national champion, that's where you need to go. I said, okay. So that's what we're going to, well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go to OSU. I have no idea. I've never, I've never flown in a plane before. And so anyway, so moving fast forward a year later or a summer later, um, he made the calls, the necessary calls to Chesbro, to OSU, the athletic director. And over a, a, a year or a summer or a spring, it, it was all, it was basically no return calls, no response, uh, send your resume, send your stuff, send whatever. And I think we did get a package once, but we filled it out and submitted it, but didn't get a response back. So one time we were at Mr. Martin's house, it was a, a, it was a Tuesday in the summer, um, like at 10 a.m. we're gonna go run a hill or something. We call it Agony Hill. We go run this, this hill. And uh, he made a phone call because he'd asked me, did anybody call you from Stillwater? No, sir. Did anybody call you from Oklahoma State? No one. So he says, I'm gonna make a call. I'm gonna call Tommy Chesbro. So I remember sitting in his, in his living room and he was on the phone back then we had landline. He was on his phone talking on, to someone. And I remember it, it was something like, but, but, but the coach, I understand that he, we're not asking for a scholarship. We're not asking for nothing. What we need is just the process just to get him enrolled. That's what we need. And probably, you know, he gets off the phone. I didn't, I didn't hear the answer, obviously, because I'm sitting on the couch. And, and, he, and he hung up the phone, and I looked at his face. And, and he looked at me, and he says, we're going to go to Iowa. And I said, what, Coach? We're going to Iowa. I'm going to call Dan Gable. And this man, this is how this was. And I said, Coach, and I, and I felt bad. I said, I said, Coach, I mean, because he looked in the strut, and I said, Coach, it's okay. It's okay. Maybe just they just don't want me, Coach. It's, I get it. It's all right. We'll just go to Moore Park. We'll go. There's plenty of schools, local schools that they recruited me. It's fine. And I, I played fourth in state high school. I, 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 I didn't do very well. I mean, I get it. But he says, Vince, they don't want you because they don't know you. And and, and just and the look of his face, as you know, just the, the face. I just I just want to shut up because I I thought he was going to kill somebody. And so when he told me that I was going to Iowa, I'm like, wow, okay, fine. Uh, but he shared a few words. I think it was Chesbro or someone. Maybe it was Coach Smith, Leroy. Because I could tell the temper, the, 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 the exchange was kind of heated. Like, you you know, it's not the last time you're going to hear from this kid. Unfortunately, he may not be wearing orange and black is what I remember. And I'm like, gosh, Coach. And so that's, that's kind of that, how that conversation, anyway, he hung up the phone, he looked at me and, you're going to Iowa. And so, <laughs> and again, so so several weeks went by, and, and, I, and, and to go back to the story about the one-way ticket, and I'll never forget this, but I mean, I, I'm planning, I'm not going to Iowa, but I'm planning on going to Arizona State, because now he's he's, he's going to, because he, he knew of Bobby Douglas. He, he was, Bobby Douglas was part of a, the, the, uh, the national wrestling circuit back in his day. Um, on, was an Olympic hopeful Olympian and national team member and so forth. And he was 
part of the Terry McCann Club, uh, mm-hmm. Mary Day, John Day, from my understanding, he always mentioned, Coach Martin always mentioned Terry McCann, Dan Gable, Dom Bean, um, Russ Hellox, and all these greats. I had no clue who they were. I had no clue. And he obviously was in that circle. But my point being is that, that uh, thinking that I'm going to go to Arizona State as a walk-on because I guess they were having some positive dialogue, uh, Coach Douglas and, and, and um, um, uh, Rotten Martin, or maybe one of the assistant coaches would say, yeah, we'll, we'll help them process this. Because like most schools uh, would take a walk-on. It's, it's kind of hard to believe that OSU was so opposed to the walk-on at the beginning. Well, you know, uh, the, the message was relayed time and time again is, first of all, I'm going to be paying out-of-state tuition. My Pell Grant, I was on financial aid, was not going to cover. I had no other means of, 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 uh, of, I've had, I come from very, very modest means, single parent, living in a little trailer. I mean, it was not, it was not that scenario. I mean, no support. I get there, basically, I'm going to have my duffel bag and whatever I, I, I got out of my bank account, which is like 400 bucks. And that's it. So, so I understand the people in, in those positions say, hey, 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 guys. And here's the message. No one has ever gone to Oklahoma State as a walk-on and made the lineup. So what – and your kid's not that good. He's fourth state one. Really? Come on. So, so I understand the sentiment behind that. There were good people just advising what is obviously realistic. And, and so that's when like, Coach Martin said, hey, 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 hey they're not, they don't know Ben Silva. I I don't know what he saw so much in me, and and um, I don't know he was a little and I got that disease now too, and uh, uh, that he was a bit delusional in the sense that he always thought that you were greater than you were, and he relayed that you have to think you're greater than you are before you become. I get it now, but back then I'm thinking this guy is just he's just you know. Trying so hard to help me out, I get this, and I appreciate it. This guy is just doing what he could. But I, I remember one finally after everything, I was at, at home and it was like a Thursday, and I got a call, um, and it was Leroy Smith. I, I'm, at, I'm at home on a Tuesday morning, Thursday morning um, in Santa Maria, and I get a call from Leroy, and he says, "May I speak to Vince Silva?" I said, "Yes, this has been speaking." Hi, this is Leroy Smith, Oklahoma State. Like, yes, sir. I'm on my, I started, my phone was shaking. I was like, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Are you interested to go into OSU? <laughs> I said, you know, we, part, we thought that was a foregone conclusion. We're like, sure. Yes, sir. I, I, uh, yes, yes, yes. And he said, okay, you need to come here this weekend. Can you hit, get here by Sunday? I said, Sunday? I, I I can try and and he says okay because we got registration on Monday and you need to get into 12 units and once we get you in the 12 then we can get a counselor that arranges the classes that you need but you got to get in and roll by Monday by, by Monday I said okay we'll do and so I got off the phone and he goes give me a call back up he says I, you're gonna need somebody to pick you up at the airport I presume I said airport uh, air pickup uh, okay I'll get someone there to pick you up. And so anyways, that's when I, that's when I uh, called my coach right away, Coach Martin. I said, Coach, a man named Leroy Smith called me. And, and he, he says that he's going to get me processed. He's going to, I just got to show up on, on, on Sunday to Oklahoma and, and get me enrolled somehow. Perfect. 
Here's what I want you to do, Vince. I want you to call my child. I said, Miss Sally Ryan. I'll never forget this. Okay? Okay. And I want you to arrange a schedule to 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 to, to get the first flight out of, uh, Santa, of Santa Maria or, or Los Angeles to Oklahoma. Give me a call back. And I and I've never been in a plane before. I've never called a travel agent. I've never I've never done any of this. And he's Did you ever left me. LA County before? That? Had you ever left LA County before? I'm in Santa, I'm in Santa Barbara County, which is uh, Central California. But yeah, I you know to travel to to do like compete and you know with the team, but but not much. You know, again, we come from modest means, so we weren't taking vacations to you know Maryland or anything to visit Aunt, Aunt Martha. You know, it was just basically little. You, know, you grow up in a, in a little area, that's where you stay. But so here I am calling this travel agent. Never spoken to a travel agent in my life. Now I'm, I'm 17, 18, 18 year old kid, and and uh, so I called her and. And of course, I'm telling her what I need, and she says, "Okay, where would you like to fly into to Tulsa or 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 Oklahoma City?" I have a clue. I said, "What's closest to Stillwater?" And and she's, or I, I actually said, "What's closest to Oklahoma State?" And she goes, "Well, Oklahoma State's in Stillwater," and I had no idea where it was. So she says, "Okay, I think maybe Will Rogers might be okay. They're calling, they're kind of comparable, but Will Rogers in Oklahoma City is, is, is probably the same." But okay, fine enough. Okay, and, and she asked me a trick question, and that question was, where would you like to book your return? And keep in mind, the conversation I shared with you right now with Coach Mark was that that was it. Call her and get the flight there, flight there. So I said, I, Miss Ryan, do I have to tell you my return? I haven't. It's just, yes. I, if, you, if, you, if we book a round trip, to, we can probably give you a better airfare. Oh, sounds good. Makes sense. Let me call my coach, and I'll call you right back. So I called my coach. Coach. I talked to Miss Ryan. Yeah, did you get a book? I said no, Coach. She had a question. What's the question? She asked me to to relate to her what my return was because I could. Hey, Ben. <laughs> I said, yeah. You tell Miss Ryan that that's going to be a one-way ticket. You ain't coming back. Okay, I will. I hang up the phone. Thirty seconds later, I'm on the phone with Miss Ryan. Miss Ryan, yes, Miss. What can I book your return? Uh, that's going to be a one-way ticket. I ain't coming back. So she, she, I mean, this meant the response. And, and so, anyways, I contacted Coach Smith and I was excited. I'm like, my heart racing. I'm thinking, well, okay, so I got I to gotta buy, I, I got to, you know, get, get ready. I'm leaving in a couple days to Oklahoma. And so I called uh, Coach Smith and gave me his number and, uh, and he says, I'll have someone there to pick you up. Just have a sign or something. And uh, his name is going to be Mark Perry. Who's Mark Perry? Great. So when you ask me the question, how did you meet? Well, check it out. I fly in the Will Rogers Airport, and I got my belongings in a duffel bag about this big, and an envelope full about uh, 460 bucks. I withdrew my bank account, and and that was it. So here I got with my duffel bag, and I and I I, I walk out of the uh, the chute into the uh, the uh, the lobby and there was Mark Perry and, and the first thing he did he looked me up and down <laughs> and I go uh, I've been so used to you being silver yeah yes 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 sir because I'm here to pick you up and pick you up and the first thing he did is looked at me and said son you're gonna need a haircut I had hair down to my hair <laughs> so what he did is he and, and of course you know he's He's asking me, you know, about my credentials, and I'm telling him, 
my credentials and he, and he's I could tell the responses that what the hell are you doing here you know because he's asking you know he was a, I think he was a junior or a senior in college I, I don't he remember. was a senior that year okay so he's a senior so he, he's like what the heck and he's a couple time all American and so forth and so anyway so as we're driving I didn't know where I was going but of course he takes me to Del City Oklahoma he goes takes me to Leroy, no, Leroy Sr.'s home. I mean, we're talking about, you know, culture shock. I'm, 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 I'm in an airport. Now I'm, 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 I'm at the Smith, Smith family's residence. And it was, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, it was like a clan. There were so many people there. There was a, people, there was a, all the Smiths, the sisters and, and, and the parents, and there was some neighbors there. And there was uh, the boyfriends and, you know, and the girlfriends of the guy. It, it was, it was a big, like a like a huge huge outdoor backyard thing and front yard thing. They had big smoker back there. They were cooking something that smelled so good. And, and I'm I'm invited. I'm just a guest in California to the Smith family house in Dell City. And I'm and I'm like, wow, this is cool. And and and, and John's mom married that she, the the sweetest person you could ever meet. Just just I mean, you probably talked, but just the sweetest. Sweetest reminds me of my mother exactly. She's just the sweetest. Made, they all made me feel so welcome, asking me all kinds of questions. I, I, I don't know what to do. I've never been out of the state per se. I never, and they're talking a lot. Yes, and then you know it's just what you see on you know on TV, right? All these uh, cowboys and so forth. And I'm thinking, wow, this is great. But here we are. I'm I'm having dinner now with the Smith family, and we went inside. We got this big giant table, and we got all these side tables and all chairs. And, and the whole table is full of people, the Smith family and, and the, everybody and other people there. And I'm having this thing called smoked salmon. I've never had smoked salmon in my life. I've never, and Leroy Sr., he kept, he kept, hey, he'd ask me, get some more. Of course, I, I you know, I never to, you don't, you, you're, you're a guest, you don't ask for more. They give you your portion and that's it. Well, he, Leroy would ask me for more and he would, he would get a chunk of that salmon he put it on my plate and keep eating. So we got plenty and he just kept doing it. And I was I, I, I was just I was fooled, but I was eating because it was so good. But during the course of our meal, you know, they're going back and forth talking, and it's just it feels a big family meal. And I remember Mark, little Mark, I think he was like eight or nine back then, or he was a little kid. He was crawling under the table and he pulled because there these people were asking me questions. You know, I'm the I'm the new kid, I'm the I'm the guest. They're asking. I've never been in a position like this. I'm asking, feeling all these questions. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm feeling a little small because the questions had to do with wrestling. And I'm, I'm, I don't have the credentials that, that these people clearly have and, and, and are, are part of or understood. And during that course of this, this question and answer uh, moment, Mark, <laughs> little Mark, I remember because he, he crawled into the, 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 uh, the the um, he was under the, the table. He pulled on my pant leg, and I looked down and he says, "Hey, are you any good?" <laughs> he just asked, <laughs> and I just shrugged. I said, "Nothing compared to your brother, nothing like that." And that, and that or your brothers, and and so that's how I, I remember that that whole situation. And of course, I spent the night there, and the next morning, uh, maybe, maybe it was late that night. I, I don't remember, but. Uh, we we all went to Stillwater, and, and uh, you know John was part of that. Obviously John's uh, family, family member, but we all we all went there. So it was 
but John was asking me certain questions and he kind of had a high eyebrow like, what, what, what are you doing here? You know, it was uh, one of those where they're like, based on what you're saying, you know, he didn't, they didn't say that, but okay, whatever, you're here, you know, uh, they picked you up, we picked you up and we're going to take it to water. And so that's how that began. What was your first impression of John? Because I know you'd spoke to Leroy on the phone. You met Mark at the airport. Once you got to talk to John a little bit, what do you remember from those conversations? Just real kind, you know, um, not, not a lot of words. Didn't, didn't, didn't say a lot. Didn't, uh, um, just not, not real talkative. And, and, and by the way, aside from the sisters, no one was real talkative. They, they just short words, short sentences. Kind of like no BS and, and just, just real kind and extremely, extremely humble. No one, you know, no one, and, and what I learned from, from, from being in Stillwater and being part of the, you know, the great tradition of, 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 of wrestling and wrestlers is that the good ones don't talk so much. It, it's just amazing. They don't, they don't, they don't talk so much about, about um, wrestling so much. They, John was talking about fish, things like that. You fish, you know, because we were talking about eating the fish and you know, we caught these fish or we, something, something about fishing. Those kind of things were, but what I got from John is, is it's not so much about wrestling, but we're talking about fishing and, and how is it in California? Do you surf and things like that. Um, but it was just, just short, short sentences, not a lot, not a lot, you know, just a few inquisitive questions, but, but it was more so just, I don't know how to explain it. it was just a, it was, as much as they were involved in wrestling, that was not the topic so much. But I did feel small in their uh, presence because my credentials. I mean, we're talking at that time. Leroy Smith was a multiple multiple time All American, was a silver medalist, was a the assistant coach at Oklahoma State, was you know a national champion. I mean, when I, you know, back then we didn't use Google so much, but so you, you're kind of in the dark. Now you, you, can, you can look anybody up. But I didn't know the presence um, so much of, 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 of who these people were or, or where I was, but I just knew that, he, he, that Oklahoma State was the top-ranked school in this country and, and, and that <laughs> they're the creme de la creme, and, and I'm, I'm dinner with these people. You know, how, how else can you explain that? Incredible. And it's just so cool that it all worked out where you ended up rooming with John Smith, which we'll get to. Before we do, though, I've heard you say that Kenny Monday took you under his wing, and you many times would watch Kenny Monday and Mike Sheets scrap. And a lot of people forget that even though Iowa won the Nationals in 84, Oklahoma State smoked Iowa in the duel that year, and you guys were loaded your true freshman year. Um and so talk about watching Kenny Monday and Mike Sheets and the confidence you gained from having the relationship with Kenny. You know, one of the reasons, one of the reasons I was sent to Stillwater by this, this, this man named Ron Martin, he had this, this, um, because he coached, keep, keep in mind, he coached at a community college as a volunteer. He was the guy that looked like he was running the practices. Can you imagine this guy rather than say, Hey, I got me a recruit, you know, he says, no, I, I can't, you, you, you're not coming to wrestle for me. Because I wanted to wrestle for him. Think about it. I'm, I wanted to wrestle for him. And he says, no, you're not, you're not going here. You're, you're going to Stillwater. You're going to State. Like, Why would I go there? So, so this guy says, when you go there, you're going you're gonna, to you're, you're gonna 
experience and see and that that and that you, you'll never get in another room. And he mentioned Kenny Monday. And and he, and he showed me a picture. I think it was from a magazine. This is the guy at the weight class that you're going that you're going to wrestle at 150. This is. I mean, okay. But so when I got to when I got to the still when I got to the practice, you know, that's the that's the guy that I saw in photos. That's the guy I saw in magazines and who's you know that you know amateur wrestling news. Those are the guys that Coach Mark talks about. Wow, they're right there. Man, you know what? Gosh, I think I'm taller than him. Unbelievable. Oh, okay. This guy looks bigger than 150. Well, how do you 150? I mean, but but then then as you as you live the practice, what I've learned, and, and you quickly learn that the mentality at in Stillwater in the room it was 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 a um, it was a competitive mentality in the room. In other words, in my in my uh, high school, I would win all the sprints, every single one. We run sprints, I'd win all of them. And most kids, after a few, they don't they don't want to win anymore. They're like, ah, or they'll you know they just want to get it over with. Mm -hmm. But in a room like that, everybody's looking at the starting line to see if I can beat this guy again. I mean, it becomes where it's a competitive. So now here I am, here I am in in, in the runs where I thought I could win all of them. And and I was a runner. I, I, my first two or three years in high school, I was a, a miler, a, a half miler. I was a, I was a runner, and I'm tall and lanky. So these short, stubby guys—they're not gonna, you, you know. You, you, you know, I don't know if I Corey Bays. He was an, on our team, and that guy was a machine. The guy was in shape. Boy, I made sure that he would never, ever, ever, ever beat me in the race as much as he wanted to. But my point being, actually, when you get in, those, in a room with these, with these. Metal giants, it's like you're struggling and you have longer legs. You're a runner, and these guys are right there pushing you. So you learn that, my goodness, these guys are these guys in shape, but they're just monsters because I'm, I, I, I can't, I, I, it's hard to keep up with the with the repetitiveness of having to to rise every single run, every single spar, every single you know. Um, uh, match and this is what this is what coach martin was alluding to about learning that, that there's things that are going to happen in stillwater that that you're going to learn from the greats and and one of those guys obviously was was kenny monday when i say he took under his wing is that i remember um after being there a couple of years because the first couple of, the first year or actually even the second year um you don't pay attention to a walk-on you don't you don't you don't recognize the walk-on you, you you've got all these blue chippers all the people you invested money in and you you you, you put you put the time in, into your recruits into the guys that you bring the new guys and you try to you know groom them so that they they are prepared to take in, take over the spots that are left by the by the greats that left so here I am in the position where I'm not getting any 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 real help I remember Many times, and I want to get to your get to your question, but many times, so you understand, is I remember when I started to at least almost score a point, you know, in second, maybe second year. I remember the coach Leroy being one of them would approach my, my us, me and whoever I'm sparring with. One, for example, was Stony Superstar, Stony Wright, at my weight class. 
I think that he took a, a, a shot or I took a shot and I almost took him down or may have taken him down finally or whatever. And Coach Smith didn't like that, that I took down one of their blue chippers. So he brings this up. He called me, hey, you. My name for a couple of years was hey, first name hey, last name you. Hey, you. Hey, Stoney. Okay, so, 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 hey, you over here. Play again. So I grabbed the, the leg and go, okay, when he does that, you do this. When he does that, you do this. When he does that, you do this. And so he'd go through this and do it again. And we repeat that a couple of times. And before, before we're done, okay, got it out. And Stoney might say something like, yeah, I've got it, coach. And so then and I'd say, hey, coach, what, what would I do when he does that? What do I do? Don't worry about it. So those were the, those were the things that I, I, I remember that, that, you know, hey, I'm not getting any help. Fair enough. Now, at that point, what happens is you, 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 could, you, could, you could say, hey, this is not fair. They don't like me. They favor people. Absolutely, they favor people. They favor their best, and that's what you got to do. Favor the best. Favor the churches. Favor the guys that are promising. I, I, I'm a, we, we said I was going to be a workout partner, that I was not going to ask them for anything, or I was not going to bother them. Just get in. So they did. They, they, they complied with the agreed contract, per se. So for me to say this is not fair, that's ridiculous. So my point being is that I just had to wither that 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 hopelessness, that that because that hurt. And over the years, a couple of years, you're getting no love, you're getting no help, you're getting no instruction. That hurt. And and so you have to have this 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 skin, this thick skin that 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 shells you from that. Otherwise, you're gone. And so when I said Kenny Money took me under his wing. I was a sophomore, I think, and I was not in the lineup yet. And we were after practice, we do these picky back things because I would I would always pick Monday. He would get out of here, you know. I think you want to go like this now. He's going with sheets. He's going with Bill Dykeman. He's going with studs, you know. And so he's going with Leroy. I mean, he's going with studs. And so I I asked, could I could I jump in their little group? No, get out of here. So I remember one time. We were doing these after practice at our, our conditioning. We would do these piggyback things, or the components, and and we'd have a, one of our partners jump on our back, and we race up and down the wrestling room, and and we would we would do this relay, right? And we're doing this. I was a good runner. I was fast, and now Jen, money jumps on my back, and we're we're winning. We're winning the the race, you know, and and so as we're winning, he 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 taught me that you don't you don't. Uh, you don't reach reach behind for the butt to hold your 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 uh your partner. You just your partner reaches around their neck and you just run and, and just run and, and, and take the pain around your neck and forget about breathing. You, you get more leverage to run with, <laughs> with the guy hanging on, just hanging on. So he's doing that and we're killing him, right? So I remember one time he as he's doing that, I can imagine where his face is right by my ear. He was whispering stuff, something. Oh, I'm riding the dark horse. I'm riding the dark horse. I'm riding the dark horse. And I, at the time, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what a dark horse meant. I thought that was because I'm, we're both dark in skin, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Duh, that's what I thought. But I looked it up, and that meant the horse that no one bets on, but the insiders know. And I mean, can you bet you? You asked the question, he took you under, under your wing because that guy, he saw something. He saw what I was doing. He saw that I was the kid sitting on the, on the, in the wrestling room watching him and Mike Sheets wrestle and spar after practice. 
every day. Everybody else would go to the locker room and go shower, right? And of course, right, right there in the wrestling back there, the Iba, or the wrestling room was at the bottom of the basement of Iba Hall. There was a wrestling room, a shower, but the big opening in the locker rooms. So after practice, I would sit there against the mat watching those two spar for another 20, 30 minutes without a takedown and sweating. And, and I would sit there and I would wait for a takedown. And then I'd go, hey, can I come in? You know, I, after a while, they'd nod me in, you know, five seconds later, they'd take, take, take me down and then go at each other for another 15, 20 minutes. Then I'd stand up because I'd go in and bam. So what I'm saying is when you do that enough, I, I Monday and Sheep, they would they, they 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 had the sentiment. They're like, this kid, he's not bothering us. I mean, if it, if it takes us five seconds, if he interrupts our practice for five seconds, the kid I'm gonna sit down again, that's fine. But but eventually, you know, that 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 statement that he said in my ear as I'm running with the arms around my neck, couldn't breathe, and I'm we're winning. He says, I'm riding the dark horse, Vinny, I'm riding the dark horse, I'm on the dark horse. And and I, when I looked it up. I'm thinking this is this guy is the best wrestler in the, on the planet, and and I can share more more stuff we had with with him because eventually you know he started showing me stuff, technique, but like telling me, oh man you you like being on your back, nah you you love it on your back, you love it, you tell me I love, you got me on my back, got his armpit on my face, and and he's telling me oh you love it, you love, it. And, and you imagine I mean. <laughs> You'll never make the lineup if you go to your back. You'll never make the lineup if you go to your back. So you learn these things. You'll never make the lineup if you go to your back. Okay, so going to your back is wrong. It's bad. Stop getting put to my back. Got it. Check. So, I mean, where are you going to learn that? I mean, and, and, I mean, so I had so much regard for, 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 for them. Um, when, when it's big time. It's big time college wrestling too. I mean, just going down and seeing the wrestling room, seeing all the boards on the wall, it must have been eye opening just to be there. Yeah, there's in Stillwater when at least when I was there, there's a, a ladder. There's a, a ladder um, with the top guy being Kenny Monday and second guy I think it was Angela Kuzalina and maybe Steve Nelson and Mike Clark, and Teddy Larkin, Carl Wolfenberger. You got, I mean, and every one of those guys in that on the, on your weight class, your, your ladder was a, at least a state champion minimum one. And not, and not to mention national champion, all-American, national champion, all-American, D1, you have JUCO national champions. And, and so when you're, when you're not even the seventh man on a sixth man ladder at your weight class, can you imagine? And, and there's guys down there at six or, or five that are your age. I mean, you're like, it's pretty easy to conclude that unless you beat these guys, you're going to be sitting in the bench for five years. You know, so those are the things that, that I mean, they're, you're not delusional you're, and, and you're realistic. You're, gonna, you're, you're not going to last. You're not going to last very long in Stillwater. You're, you're not. Who was the bigger rival, Iowa or OU? Oh, gosh. Um, Iowa, 100%. Iowa. It, it, every day you, you wake up. To beat Iowa, um, OU, OU was tough back then. OU was they were they were tough. They were tough, but they were more so. Um, how do I say it? They were kind of like the um, the team you had to be just to keep keep pace. You know, you're just keep pace. Just uh, but, but Iowa was the was the challenge. You know, <laughs> OU you had 
so that you can walk around on campus and feel good about yourself. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for Iowa. We don't, we don't lose to in the Bedlam series, not not the OU and City Slickers. No, we don't. You got to put that in your mind that they're City Slickers, um, and that the people on the West Coast are just surfers and trainers and so forth. You got to you got to use some of those those thoughts that are doctrinated into you to to help you. Uh, achieve what you got to achieve. Sometimes, you know, you got to say that. Stuff, yeah. So the beef, the beef between Iowa and OSU was legit then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, um, I mean, it's, um, it's because if you beat, you beat Iowa, you, you, you can win a national title. And if you can't, you can't. So what, what good is it beating somebody, some other organization or some other team if, if you can't beat Iowa? You got to beat Iowa and then you're good. If you beat Iowa, as a team, you're 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 in, you're in the running for what you're supposed to do. If you can't, you you, you can't. You, so and that's always what's always used. You know, that's one of those things that you learn in Stillwater as as, as a player, um, is that your job is to is to win a national tournament, to win a national title, win and win everything and everything in between. So like we come, we find out from the East Coast or West Coast. If we lost a duel, and which was kind of rare when I was there, we, and, and, you, know, I, I, it, it, you don't just lose. But if you lost a duel, if you took second, for example, it'd be a sad plane ride all the way home, a very sad, very quiet bus ride from the plane, from the airport to the campus. It's, it's a very solemn thing to take second, whereas some other program would think, hey, we just, oh, we only lost to Iowa. Oh, that's great. It, 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 it was OSU if they lost. It was like a very sad, sad state. To, to, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the fights to turn the competition when we had Iowa or the big teams or whatever was a very quiet plane ride, very quiet up and very quiet back. It was not, it was not a, 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 a field trip per se. It was a very somber, somber, um, I don't know. It was, a very it was all somber, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it was just, it was so, I, I say it was not like, a, you know, there's some kid around. We did some kid around, of course, with the kids, college kids, but, but for the most part, when when, it, when you're on a plane ride or when you, when you approach the locker room, it, it became really, really, um, everything that you've done to that point in your entire life, from your first fight in uh, a playground when you were fourth grade or something, it, 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 it reaches a point where, okay, all right, all this is gonna. Uh, this this all prepared me for this moment, and, yeah. and so it was. It's a good feeling. I'm not saying there was a pressure. I mean, pressure comes with anything. It was a good feeling, like a, everybody's on the same um, emotional level. Mm-hmm. And how would how would you? And I don't know if you remember this duel, but it was your first year there, your your true freshman year, when Oklahoma State beat Iowa. I don't know if you have any memories of that or not. Um, John hit a takedown on Trezino with like one second left. Um, I didn't know if it would. If not, no big deal. You know, I I don't I don't uh, remember um, that that specific. I, I just here, here's here's what I here's what I do remember about that match is that is John would find a way to pull it out of his butt. You know what I mean? He would find a way to pull it out of his butt. And that comes with just a, a just an enormous talent, not physical but mental, because 
in wrestling, it, it's hard to get lucky in wrestling. It's very, very hard to get wrestling. Lucky in wrestling. Uh, you, you can get other sports, but not, not in wrestling because your opponent can, can grab you and hold you and stop you from having that luck. Um, but I, I, just, I just remember experiencing, like, wow, freshmen, you know? Um, you know, because obviously I was not on the lineup. And, and, and so freshmen, All-Americans, freshmen beat top brain guys, freshmen beat superstars. This, this is a guy I had salmon with a year ago at his house. He's a high school state placement or a state champion. And now he's beating a superstar. A guy looked solid. And these guys would look like, you know, sculptured, you know. And, and, and here's a thin, you know, small shoulder, big hip guy, walks with his feet pointed outward. Uh, you know, just a mental monster. I mean, and so you 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 know you you learn those little things that hey, so it's okay to be a a freshman and expect to win because you certainly you certainly have to believe you're going to win to win. You can't you you can't think that you might win and win in wrestling. Right. You almost have to think 100 you're going to win and you could still lose. But those are those are the things that you learn being around you know, superstars that, that you learn, they become part of you, even though you don't say them. And wrestlers don't usually speak on a podcast. We, yeah, we're, we're, we're asked to talk and, and tell us what we learn, tell us what we know, tell us the experience. But when you walk your, your normal life, you never share that. You might share, you know, hey, so, so how many fish you catch today? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah. interesting because you're, you're a wrestling guy and you're asking me questions about wrestling, but if we were talking, if we met at the mall, we'd be talking about, hey, nice day today. Oh, cute or whatever, you know? For sure. But, yeah. that's, me, that's what I mean. Let me ask you this. You, you got a chance to work with Chesbro and Coach C. What, how were they similar? How were they different in terms of those two coaches? And I know there was a lot of resentment when Chesbro left because he was coach of the gear that year and he still got fired. But what do you remember from those two coaches? There were, there were, both great coaches in their own right, both great coaches. I mean, I picked up a lot from both coaches. And, and, and Chesbro was really special. I mean, let me tell you, and so was Coach C. Um, Chesbro, Chesbro was, he was a smooth, smooth guy, very smooth. Um, like he knew what to say. He never yelled. I, I mean, a handful of times he got upset, but very few. Unlike, you know, I see some of the guys at Iowa, they get their guys in the corner and they, they slap them up and they do whatever they do. And that's, that, that works for them. That's fantastic. But Chesbro was a, a very finesse. Let me, let me give you an example of, 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 of Chesbro, the things that he would say that would, I mean, if he was here today, I, you know, I, I, I'd buy him a dinner. I said, I just want to thank you for the, for the encouragement that you gave me, whether you knew you did or not, you did. He literally would be wearing wrestling shoes with Wrangler starched Wrangler pants to put the OSU wrestling shirt. That's how he'd go to practice because Mike Sheets and Monday would demonstrate. Stewart would demonstrate the move. You know, you got these superstars demonstrating the moves. He would put the guys there, do the sheets, show them this, show them this, do this. And Chesbro would, would annotate it, would, would describe it, would, would, uh, would walk it through, verbally walk it through while others would engage. But he was wearing these Wrangler pants, you know, with the crease in the middle, with these wrestling shoes on the mat. And 
he, he would walk as we're sparring. He would look. He would never sit down. He'd be walking around the mats as we're sparring. And he would get really close. We're wrestling, sparring and banging and you know, clinch. And he would be within three inches from us, just standing there. Just, I mean, not. And he he'd move if we get in the way, but he would just stand. And he would say something like this. <laughs> he said, "If you live with wolves long enough, eventually you become one." I mean, and he walk, then he walk away. I mean, one time I was on my back and I and and these guys had me or choking me out. And he stepped, he walked, he walked right next to me, and he, and, he, and his 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 resting shoelaces were basically touching my ear as I'm on my back. And he said, and that's when he said, "You're gonna be good one day, and hey, you, you're gonna be good one day. I just know it." And he walked away. I'm on my back, headgear on my face. And he put his shoe right next to my face. He said that he's talking about me. So you can you imagine? Mm. I mean, you're you're a your your name is Hey, last name you, and he's you. Looking down, I'm on the back looking up, he's got his foot right next to my ear. You're gonna be good one day. I just know it. And the reason he said that was because I was trying to the entire time. Mm. You know, and he mentioned when he, he I remember he said he stop our practice one time and he said hey so-and-so tapped off his back so-and-so tapped off his back everybody get down for push-ups so-and-so you're gonna count them you're not, no, no no you're not doing the push-ups you're standing up you're counting them so he you tapped off your back in other words when you go to your back you don't tap out you don't you know oh hey great great throw you do fight off your back he'd call you out like and, that if you did that I, I, I never, not you but me. other people in the room though yeah absolutely if you if you tapped off your back and he caught you more than once, you know, yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to get caught tapping off your back. And so, so obviously that when he saw this, this hey you kid doing fighting off his back every time, and I was on my back a lot. Um, you know, I told you Monday he said you got it on your back, but never make it. Yeah. Um, you, you learn those things, but 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 the, the fact that he said that when I back, it just gave me that extra. Here's the coach. You know, you know he's 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 capping the greatest wrestling program in the history. Hey, he's he recognized me and he said that, and so it's like unbelievable. And and, and those are the little things that that kept this one in Stillwater because everything else was going to crap. I mean, academically, I was struggling. I had a 1.4 GPA when when I left Santa Maria High School. 1.4 GPA. I had uh, um, no money, ran out of money very quickly. Um, classes were tough. I never really, I, I never wrote a term paper in my life. I'm a freshman having to figure out how to write a term paper. When you're a walk-on, you don't get, you know, um, student help. You don't get uh, count. You don't get tutors. Tutors be on the roster to get a tutor or have some money and pay a tutor. So check it, check it out. So all those things outside of the wrestling room are, are, are I learned quickly after a while. After, after you know. I, I know why those 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 athletes that walk on don't make it has nothing to do with wrestling. It's it's all the things, all the fights and battles that take place outside of the wrestling room. The wrestling room is fun if you like that kind of thing. But everything else, finances, social um, issues, school, this hopelessness, like no one's helping you don't get any help. And, and you you've made that verbal agreement that you were not going to ask for any help. 
just get me in. That's that was our, our our gig. Get me in, coach. Just get me. I just want you to get get him in. He'll never ask for anything ever again. That had to be and a lonely coach, feeling. That's it right there. You, you got it right. It was, it was a very lonely feeling when you're 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 just there, and everybody said, "Oh, Vince, you're going to be a nightmare if you go to a community college. We're going to have it. We have counselors. We have." Tutors, we have all this stuff, and that to support you there, you're a number, and and, and, and you know, and, and yeah, he, they're all right. Everybody was right. So, so, so here's the thing: what, 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 do, what do you do? What number one, you have to have skin, and I, and I had that man, that man, Ron Martin. He'd call me once every two, two or three weeks for sure, at least once a month to check in. Usually about my grade. <laughs> Just. I gotta share this with you. Please. And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna share this with Mike Sheets I saw him a couple of years. I love that guy. I've seen him on Thursday and still well. Tell him Vince Sella said hello. I will. Um, I love that guy. And I never I don't think I ever mentioned this to him. You can, you can mention this to him one time. So when you see him, when you talk to him. Mike one time because I was I was struggling in school. I was struggling in school, obviously, you know. And uh, um, Coach Martin, he called me. He says, oh, "I think going how's your grades?" And Coach, I'm, I got my my second warning, my second warning on from my doctor's office. It says I don't make a 2.0 this, this semester. I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to lose my financial aid. He says, "You can't do that." And, and I always, you know, he wanted to send me the tutors, and I, I always, I had this pride. No, I, I'll get, I'll Coach, I'll, I'll be up all night. Don't worry, I don't need you to spend money on me. I'm good. The guy did enough. So here's, here's what I want you to do, Vince. Listen, this, here's what I want you to do. Who, who is the, 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 the best student on your team? I said, probably there's several, but there's, no, the, the, the best student who's the best wrestler. I said, oh, that was definitely my sheet. Yeah, yeah, he's a biochemistry major. He's you know, like a pre-vet or something, coach. Really? What's his GPA? Oh, it's like three point. I don't know, nine, three point, something up there. Okay, perfect, perfect, Vince. Here's what I want you to do. This is how this man was, Ron Martin. What I want you to do is I want you to go to Mike Sheets tomorrow at practice, before practice starts. And say, Mike, I have a question. And ask him this, okay? Ask him this. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to call you when you get home. Back to I'm going to call you and ask you what he said. Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it, coach. Now, don't. I'm gonna call you tomorrow. I said, perfect, coach. I'll have you answer. He said, I want you to ask him this, <clears throat> Mike. How is it that you are a two-time national champion? Practice two or three times a day. Travel with the team. Do what you gotta do in biochemistry to maintain your three-point whatever GPA. How is that you do that? How do you do that? Cut weight. How do you do that? And then, and shut up. Let him speak. Okay. Okay. No, this. I want you to write that down right now. Write it down. So here I'm like, oh, coach, okay, let me go. Say it again. So I wrote it down. Got it. Okay. Got it. Perfect. Now we're practice. <laughs> <laughs> and I, remember, I never talked to Mike Sheep. I'm a freshman. I'm a nobody. And, you know, you know, you're walk on the here, here today, gone tomorrow. I don't care. Talk to these guys. And so I said, I said uh, 
Hey, Mike. Looked at me like, yeah. You know, he's got a good, ready to go to Friday. He's going to warm up, right? I go, you guys, I got a question. And I asked him, same thing. How is it that you're able to be a national champion, multiple time All American, do this, do that, do that, and maintain your shape? How, how do you do that? You know, hey, physical bike. You know, if you don't bike, you know how he is. He goes, he laughed, you know, easy going, you know, really going. <laughs> what are you telling me? You're too tired after practice. And yeah, Mike, I can't, I can't. After, after you go to eat at the Iba, the you have the chocolate milk and the food after the practices twice a day. It's like all you want to do is rest. And you've got eight chapters to read. Are you kidding me? I can't. He goes, when you get home, all you want to do is lay down on me. Yep. Get ready for that 6 a.m. practice. That's right, Mike. That's it. That's it. What, how do you do it? Drink lots of coffee. <laughs> Turn around. Quick. Done. What? My, my. <laughs> Drink lots of coffee. Walked away. I never had a cup of coffee in my life. I was 18 years old. So I go, I, okay, he walked away. I asked him to clarify. He, didn't, he just walked away, you know, in practice. All right. So of course, on on the on the dot, Coach Martin calls me. As he said, he promised. He promised he's gonna call me at like 7:58 p.m. my time. <laughs> he always had a time. It was never like an even time. Like, uh, meet me at Agony Hill at 4:59 a.m. Okay, meet me at on the track at 4:53 p.m. Whatever. Okay, so it kind of was like I'm gonna call you at 5:59 or. Uh, 6.59 or whatever time it was okay, to get the answer that you got from Mike. Perfect. Call me in my dorm. And he says, Vince, what did he say? And Coach, he didn't say much. What do you mean he didn't say much? He didn't say hardly anything at all. He says, drink coffee. What did he say? I said, he said, drink lots of coffee. And he laughed. Walked away. Okay, Vince, here's what he here's what he's, here's what he meant. This is Coach Martin. This is what he meant. This is what he said. This is what Mike used to say. What he's saying is, you remember when we talked talk about you need to get eight hours of sleep to get the rest that you need? <clears throat> nope. You're going to get six hours of sleep. What you're going to do, what he's saying is that we have to cut out the fat. And that fat, because you're working part-time, doing this, you're making these spots, so you don't have time. So we're going to cut out a couple hours of sleep. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the store right now, right now, and buy yourself coffee. Do what he says. I said, okay, all right, coach. Okay, I will. You got, got a minute? Well, yeah, I, I got, I got, I think I got some money for coffee. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and call me tomorrow. Let me know how it went. So here's what I did, right? So I really looked at my wallet or my box where I had some change and had like 10 bucks. And I walked across the street, you know, Ibah Hall is, and there's a, there's a, a, a grass, a grassy knoll, and then there's a, get, there used to be a Gittin Gallop right there on the Hall of Fame. Gittin Gallop, I love that. There's Gittin Gallop, it's like a 7-Eleven here in California. It's a little market, it's called Gittin Gallop. So I went across, I went, this is like at 8 o'clock at night, I'm like, I'm gonna go buy, I gotta go buy some coffee, jeez. So I went over there to the Gittin Gallop, and, and I'm at the coffee aisle, and I'm looking at cans of coffee. And I've never bought coffee. I've never, you know, never drank coffee. So I'm like, mm. okay, here's here's one it says percolating or percolating coffee or percolator or uh, green nail. Like, oh, okay. Keep in mind, we where I come from, 
you just get sank it up and put it in the tin can and that's how you have coffee. I don't have coffee makers, right? So now I'm looking at something that says percolator. I thought that meant percolate, that prick up, duh. So I buy this can of coffee that needs a percolator and I bring it back home. And of course I, I'm using a, a, a razor blade or a knife or something to open a can up in my dorm. And I got a microwave and I, I, I boil some water and I start, you know, doing it like my mom did it back at home and started putting this, these, these granules in this coffee. And I'm mixing it and it's not mixing. <laughs> it's not dissolving. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with this freaking Oklahoma got this crappy coffee? What the hell is the problem? <laughs> so I started, you know, it was just black, right? And it was not dissolving. And so my roommate, Billy Johnson from Kansas, he comes in and he says, hey, what the heck are you doing? I said, what's wrong with you guys? It's coffee out here. It's, it sucks. It's horrible. It doesn't even dissolve. You need a percolator. I go, what the hell is that? He said, a percolator? I said, what? A coffee maker? What? 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 He says, oh, let me show you how to say that. So he went to the, the bathroom and got this paper towel and he got another cup and he used it as a filter and poured it in there. And sure enough, it, it, it worked. Bottom line is, I. Because I, I I put a bunch of extra scoops to just say maybe and you know it was like the it was like the most potent thing you could ever ever legally drink. <laughs> <laughs> a kid a kid who's lean who's got no fat never had coffee is like and now drinking three or four of these and so after I drank those cups of coffee I couldn't go to sleep the entire Nice. Or here I was reading chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter of my sociology book. I'll never forget that. Well, my goodness, I'm I'm not tired anymore. I'm well. And so my coach, I said, Coach, that coffee worked. That coffee kept me up at night. I was able to do what I had to do to complete assignments, Coach. My sheets was right. And so I love that's it. right. To this day, I have my my. Mike Sheets, I had, I mean, he didn't know, he doesn't know my life. He doesn't know what he, how he helped me stay up. Yeah. But you got, you got, you got to do the work. You got to do it. So, you know, anyway. That's, that's amazing. That. We got about yeah. 20 minutes left here. Let's shift to John for a little bit, just since you lived with him. Um, one of the places I wanted to start was, when did you move in with John and how long did you guys live together? You know, I, uh. It was, I think it was my senior year or some, some, I think I, I lived with them, I think for a semester, maybe an entire, an entire season at, at, um, you know, partner with them on Duck Street. We had some, uh, we had a, a, uh, uh, a donor who owned an apartment complex and was, and was sort of some apartment to have certain athletes um, uh, utilize these apartments and it, it kept us kind of like in a, a smaller thing where we had uh, a lot of the starring athletes or the, the, the athletes in the same uh, apartment building, which, 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 was, which was really good. Uh, and that was, I, I believe, junior, my junior year or, or the end of my sophomore year. Um, but I okay. um, worked there now. So you it was, Go ahead. We, we, we were, uh, I, I believe, that, yeah, I, I, I was already a starter. So, so, you know, we, we, you know, walk together to the practices and, 
you know, with the team, and we would we would be doing certain things. We we meet at the uh, wrestling room on Saturday morning, Sunday mornings, um, you know, off days throughout the off season, and we would drill. We would drill, you know, his little single. And uh, I remember we were we were we were connected because we we're roommates, and um, we would. Uh, I remember. Uh, uh, well, we would we would we be drilling. It would be me, him, and Leroy. We'd be drilling these low-level ankle-biting things that he became a master. That we all know what they are. Um, but he was working on all these little intricate parts of of this of this single leg finish. The what happens when your head gets caught underneath? What happens when your ankle gets held like this? And what happens when you're on your butt? And all these we would spend hours and hours on this. And then of course I'm I'm, I'm probably 20 pounds heavier than him. But but for drilling purposes, it was it was okay, and I was flexible, and I could kind of win those positions uh, with him because of my flexibility. Um, so so being part of that that whole, um, um, you know that be, being roommates and, and and being connected to him and John or him and Leroy, and having these these private I guess you could call them private workouts was just amazing. I, I remember. Uh, you know, when there was a, a Sports Illustrated, I think this was in 88, maybe, maybe, maybe 87, but they, there was uh, one of the first big articles on wrestling, D1 wrestling, at least uh, in my era, was when Sports Illustrated came to us. Um, uh, and I remember um, there was this guy um, with, from Sports Illustrated, a, a writer that was living in Stillwater for a week, and he'd come to, to get John and he'd take him places and He'd share a, a, like a, a life, a week with John Smith, and, mm-hmm. and I remember when he asked to, um, to 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 show him we're gonna go to the wrestling room and to ring a partner to show him that famous that famous innovative low low single, and and he was because that was his signature thing and the whole world wanted to know how it's done and so forth. And I remember John telling me, "Look, hey, what we're gonna do?" Because he was because we were in the wrestling room and doing. He's going, okay, just there, do this, and I'm going to do it this way. I said, John, that's not how you do this. Hey, I, you think I'm going to show what he did my low single? <laughs> yeah, so, so he went, yeah, yeah. So he 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 practiced, he showed this sports illustrated guy. We got photos. If you look at an issue, it's a sports It's me and John and this issue. It's still, it's still I mean, I, I, somebody sent it to me on. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I've seen it. Okay, well, well <laughs> that that picture it was showing, supposedly showing John's low single. It was all. He said, "I'm not sure how we do it. This is. This is I'm, I don't want them to know how we do it. No way. I would to help the opposition. But this, this is what he was thinking. This is how competitive he was. He wouldn't even share something that most people couldn't do anyways without a million hours of training. But he wouldn't even take a few photos just to to, to, to illustrate how it how it gets done. Like two or three, four shots that that showed supposedly how it was done. But I remember saying, he telling me." I'm not going to show them how, how it's done. We're going to do it this way. Just kind of just, you know, we'll blend the, the other single to this single, but we're not going to show them how we do it. Okay, perfect, John. I got a copy. But, you know, this is what I mean. It's, it's amazing. And well, so, anyway, so that's an insight. How would his temperament change, you know, in your guys' apartment versus in the practice room? Well, like I said, John, John, they're really, they're really short. Short for words. They're, they're all humble. I mean, the guys, they they um, they um, they don't share so much emotion. They're not very emotional in, in a sense. Um, 
outside of 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 um, of, of wrestling. You know, I, even on the mat, they're not they're not really emotional. I think John, as a coach, is a thousand times more emotional than he was as an athlete. Obviously, when the game is over, the match is over, you have this jubilation or this this distraughtness. But but um, outside the wrestling room, it's just a very calm, easy easy going. It doesn't talk wrestling. He keeps it all to himself. But in the practice room, it's a different gig. In other words, in the practice room, the intensity is 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 so high, it's so it's 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 the, the temperament is, is is on edge. It's like you've got this these you know these thoroughbreds that that the good ones, the good ones are very temperamental, very temperamental. You, they're not calm like like a gelding. They're not calm like a mare. They're they're very, they're high strung to the point where they're almost uh, unpleasant. Unpleasant. I remember a couple of times that I, you know I, I got upset when he's punching one of my roommate, one of my uh, later roommates, because the guy took him down. So you you gotta kind of interject, hey 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 hey, come on, guy. You know what I mean? You know, but 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 it comes from the school of thought shared by the late Tommy Chesbro during a practice. He says, hey, guys guys guys, there hasn't been a fist fight here in two days. What's the matter with you guys losing your intensity? And within 30 seconds, you see four guys doing the what they are doing the MMA now, punching, punching, kicking, and and and, and then of course he calmly go and break them down. He calmly <laughs> it, he punished them. No, no, no. He would calmly break them apart. Guys, 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 this is it. You know, real calm, real calm, real soothing. And then so, you know, I respect the coach. You when you would keep fighting when the coach you know, gets in the way, the coach gets in the way, you stop. If anybody else gets in the way, you keep going. But if the coach gets in the way, you stop. But my point being that the temperament was very high strung in the wrestling room by John and, and a lot of the great ones. Um, outside the room, they're, uh, I'm not going to say they're gentle giants, but just quiet. And, and um, they're, they don't, they're not, it's the wrestling vibe that I got. That, that, um, so those stories learn. of him hitting someone in a practice, you can vouch for those. Oh, they're true. Yeah, like an asshole. Come on, hey, hey, hey. But, but, and one time, you don't, Vinny, you don't have any tickets. I, I would be the nice guy because I, I was always the one that, that you know, I, I thought that, that I was, by the way, I, I, I don't know, I was team captain. I, you know, that was one of my greatest accolades uh, in, in my life to this day that, that, that because the team captain in Stillwater, you're, you're, your team's right number one in the nation and, and, and it's, it's, it's selected by your peers. Mm. And, and, and here we got a good little game, the world champion in the same room. And we and we and we typically only have one team captain. I remember only being one team captain. But in that particular year, we were voted by our peers team captains together. So we're, me and John were co-captains. And that's a big deal because I think it had to do with maybe because maybe I was the, the uh, not so much the calm and cool collector because I was far from that, but there was, to answer your question, yeah, there was times where I'd jump in, hey, hey, hey. What's with all this beating up on your teammates? What, I mean, I, I get it's cool, and I mean, for, for young kids, they think, "Oh, that's so awesome." But there's a lack of a lack of. It's one thing to smack, elbow, or do it. Everybody goes roughhouse, but but to a point where you're 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 you're, you're gonna beat up on someone a lot less than you. That's a little bit. Mike Sheets never done that. That's why, and neither came Monday. So so you know what I mean? That you know there there's a different. You, you, you got to know, but hey, I'm not going to tell one of the greatest wrestlers of all time that it's wrong because, hey, what he did is what he did. 
and 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 that's he became who he became and maybe part of that was because of that he hated to get taken down or scored on so much that he couldn't control himself maybe that's it i don't know but i just there is a element of of that degree of 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 temperament that, that all great all greats have where they develop and me being the same i there's a point in time where my gosh, I, I got taken down in the wrestling when I was a starter. I, I, it was hard for me to do homework. I was like, my gosh, I got taken down today by this guy. How did this happen? How am I going to win? How am I going to beat Iowa if this guy in my room came down? This, you know, so a lot of stress. That's a lot of stress. Emotional thing that you got taken down in a room by someone who's not a, a, a two national champion. Well, then, then you know what? You're not as good as you think. So those are the things that, that, I gotta say that people with that kind of temperament, there's a lot of good in that. There's a lot of good in that. I, I think that hey, you gotta have that temperament. Uh, again, the late the late Chesbro uh, said one time. I keep mentioning him. And by the way, I just reminded. I just uh, this just reminded me that I have to share something about Coach C. I forgot. Please. I got, I got I got one other thing I gotta ask you about too because I know you coach at Nebraska and Gil Sanchez was there and I've interviewed Gil Sanchez. I'd love to know if you have any memories of the match in Lincoln when John lost to Gill um, in 1987. It was his last collegiate loss. And if not, no problem. But that's one thing I wanted to check off as well. Yeah. Real, yes. You go uh, ahead, though, first. That, yeah. Go ahead. I was, I was mentioning that, that Chet Brown said, said something, and this is, this is the effect about the temperament in the room. I told you about, I haven't seen a five years, two days. You know, I told you about that one. But he said, if you don't have an ego, you better go get you one. This is what Tommy Chesbrough said. You've got to have an ego. Imagine a guy who has no ego. He'll never have a temperament like that. He'll just like, oh, you know, he'll tap off, off his back. He gets thrown on his back, turn on his back. He just taps off, gets up with a smile, and try again. But an ego, it's going to, it affects your emotion. It's an uncontrollable effect that you have in that room that, that it's uncontrollable. It's, 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 it's it's either developed or it's created or it's um or it's brought out in you to be in that environment that coach martin said i was going to eventually you know experience um and let me again re go back to coach joe c what what he did is he brought talent around the country to osu's wrestling room he brought the sun kids kids are you kidding me the sun kids kids program the money the backing the program the freestyle Mike Sheets never wrestled freestyle per se in any serious event. Can you imagine if that guy ever wrestled freestyle growing up? He was all collegiate. All Ches Chesbro said something like, oh, we don't do freestyle. We just focus on collegiate. Well, guess what? You know, we take a hit internationally when you go. Know, but if somebody like Sheets wrestled under Joe C or had, and not so much with Joe C's technique and training, I'm talking with the people he'd bring in. Jesse Reyes for me, national champion. Guy with Joe C. And that guy took, again, all these people have contributed to my life. They took me under my wing. I didn't go home in the summer because why? I didn't have the money. So I'm working at the YMCA painting fences or whatever, living in Stillwater with the native, with the, with the Indians from India, roommates with the Chinese from China who got a spare room. I'm the Stephen Barrett, national champion OSU, who's training with athletes in action, who moved to Stillwater to train with Monday. So it's me, Cheats, Monday, and Steve Barrett. Imagine that. That's who I had practice with in the summer. Talk about my body being sore. 
the entire summer because Stephen Barrett, Stephen Barrett wasn't there but to do anything but to, 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 to twist you up in pieces. He wasn't the nicest guy in the world, but on, in, in the room, all he wanted to do was twist arms. So, so these, are the, these are the things that, that Joe C brought is he brought people. He brought people and, and he was uh, kind of a hands off. He, he, he let his coaches coach, but he emphasized freestyle. He emphasized competing internationally. He emphasized all the stuff that was involved with the Sunkiss kids. So between those two coaches, um, well, I mean, I imagine, I imagine what Stillwater brings. Look, look what yeah. Stillwater is bringing these, 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 these people that, that are all about winning. Winning, and that's it. Winning, and, and and guess what? A couple of years later, he wins a, na a national title. Josie wins a, a national title when the whole world was against him. Right. The guy, the guy took care of you. He took care of you. He took care of your, his people. Um, all, all all the great coaches that I've had the privilege of being around, um, they they early on obviously they ignore you because you're you're hey you, but but eventually. They, 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 a good coach knows your work eventually, and, and, and they take care of you, encourage you. They might, they might financially help you or, or prepare or provide you with resources to get by. You know, and 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 these these great people were nothing short of great, and, uh, and they both were excellent in their own in their own way. Who were the main assistants running the program if Joe Say was more Joe C was more hands off? Uh, it was Ricky Stewart. Uh, Ricky Stewart, great Ricky Stewart. Uh, Jesse Reyes, I'm going to talk about a technician. Talk about a guy that talked about nutrition. Talk about a guy that was technical on uh, passing elbows. And, and uh, I mean, his big signature was the inside trip, but he never showed it. Just like my big thing is, 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 is I had an ankle pick. I never show it to my guys <laughs> because it's one of those things that, God, you, 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 it's one of those things that, that that won't work for you because you, you don't have the speed, you don't have the juke. And that takes too much time. I gotta teach you how to stay off your back, how to come bottom before I show you some something that comes natural to some people. Um so so um was Burnett or uh, Jim Shields doing anything back then? Burnett came in for a couple years. I remember he was a very another a very good good technician and, and very good at calm, you know, they balance each other over calm, listen to you and help you technically wise and 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 that's another another unsung hero as you mentioned, Jim Shields. That guy helped me so much on bottom. No one knows about Jim. Is one of those guys that comes in and no one. I, he, he's out. He's out hunting deer and comes in. You know, and he shows you this great stuff, this great technical stuff, and and he encourages you. And, I mean, you you mentioned some of the guys I forget about. There are so many great coaches, but I remember for me it was Kenny was my workout partner, Mike Sheets. Uh, was guys that I, I learned from and were actually summer workout partners, Stephen Barrett, Ricky Stewart, another another superstar. And, and you learn from not almost the technique. The technique is it's kind of the same in, the, in general, except when you, when you get into the stuff like just this little single. The technique, the standards are all the same. Everybody's got the same stuff. But to watch how they engage in it, to watch watch them execute it and the ego behind it, um, combined with 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 the passion and the, and the and the emotional, just a way um, to live life. You know, it's a new way to live yeah. life. 
Yeah. That, that, that's that all the when you're around these these mental monsters, you 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 kind of you, you start to think like them. You start to think that you need to be like them. And 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 and, and that's that's all part of that that environment that creates the success. It's not just this guy was better in technician. It's it's all together. It's just it's all together. And before we go, we're going to close with the story of you at the Nationals, your senior year, where Dave Schultz came up to you and talked to you. I love that story. Um, but I want to, just a couple quick tactical questions, more so for the documentary. Who would you say John Smith's best friend was or, or who was closest to him up until 88? You know, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know who his best friend was, I know he lived with Corey Bass for a long time. I know he lived with me for a year or so, maybe more. Um, but I'm thinking John's best friends might have not been wrestlers. I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm going to say this, it might have been Julie Holt. I don't know if you know Julie Holt. She was a matinee. Uh, she, she was always helping. helping uh, and, I, and he could say, no, she wasn't my best friend. It could have been Mindy, his girlfriend. Did he spend time with Mindy, his girlfriend? We were roommates, and so so you could say that. But he was not one to uh, hang out with so much the guys, and maybe that's why he was so successful. He's focused on his, his his wrestling, doing his things. Because you know, if you're in college, you know, I, you know, we, we hung out with the guys, and guys do what guys do. Yeah. But John was not so much part of all that. Not from what I remember. I mean, you know, he was not some introvert by no means. But it was. Um, I I just remember when I was living with him. He'd spend some time with uh, with this, the the group of men, either helping them with 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 his schoolwork and doing things, helping them on other things outside of just wrestling. Then you got the girlfriend, um, and it was really okay. just was wasn't much of a uh, a guy that was out there in the social scene too much, you know, hanging out. Um, but um, it was kind of a almost laser focused, and, and so I, I I couldn't tell you who his best friend was. I know he lived with Corey Bates for a long time. And, and, and that's another laser focus guy. So, but I'm, I'm uh, interviewing Corey on Wednesday in Oklahoma City. So I'm excited for that one. Um, he's talking about too. I'm Yeah, I love that guy. That guy's. You know everybody. You know all these guys. Here's my Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm flying in Oklahoma City Tuesday night. My Wednesday is Mark Perry, Kathy Perry, Corey Bays, and then on Thursday Mike Sheets. So I'm really excited. I, I, I'm sorry, you had a question. Oh, yeah, the last, the very last one, we're going to close with this because I got to jump at, at 2 o'clock my time, noon your time. So we haven't spent a lot of time on your career here, and I appreciate you sticking with me, but you finally break into the lineup. You're a two-time All-American. Your senior year, you're ranked number two in the country. Rob Cole was number one. You go to the Nationals. You drop your first match. Your guy doesn't win, and he doesn't pull you in. So you're 0-1-1. Heartbreaking, right? Extremely heartbreaking. You're at the Coliseum in Ames, Iowa, hiding behind a pillar during the nationals, kind of feeling sorry for yourself. You're embarrassed. You're feeling, you know, it's really low as anyone would be. It's all over. And you see Dave Schultz walking to you. Could you share that story with us? You know, Brian, what, what, what I got to bring up the forefront is you are so hot to know these things. These are, these, these, I mean, this is, a, this is inside information, but maybe it got out to us. I don't know. I, I don't know, but that, that's amazing. The other story well, I wanted to talk about that we didn't was when your mom rented a Greyhound bus to take you to the zoo, and it was like a 20-hour day. But we don't have time for that one today, but maybe again in the future. 
He did that. He passed. Um, yeah. Uh, that that particular um, ex that 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 was. You're right. It was a very heartbreaking uh, time. It was one of the one of the one of the biggest lows of of of, of a kid's life when he's you know here you know. You, you kind of heard some of the transition from Sally Ryan, the travel agent, to the Hey You, a couple of years, to all of these things that you, you you did, to now you're you're a top ranked guy, you're the number two seed in the NCAA tournament, and it's all going to happen there. And and you know um, I placed as a sophomore. Imagine that as a as a nobody, I placed as a sophomore, and now. I've got two more years of medicine, you know, the minimum, the minimum um, is that if I play six, we win a national title, the minimum. And uh, that was shared by some uh, reporter in wrestling that, you know, to, to add add salt to the wound, the silver plays six to win the title. And I, I, I'll, I'll remember that. Uh, but, but anyways, to get to that moment is, I lose first round to a kid from uh, Navy or Army, Navy. Uh, Navy. Oh gosh, Navy. And, um, and that, that shouldn't have happened, but it did. And and um, I'm the team captain. Imagine the team captain, the top ranked guy at OSU, is out because he wrestles the next match. Kid Scove, one of the Scove brothers, maybe Andrew, and, and Andrew's ranked seventh or something in the NCAA and, and I remember remember sitting there I remember being told if your guy that beat you wins his next match he carries you in the next round you just come back and take third NCAA title okay then just just this you'll be okay you know you'll be fine watching that match nobody cares about about and, and nobody cared about where Scope was going to school we're in Iowa it's Orange and black on that side, and, 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 and yellow and gold on this side. And whenever any of those two schools are wrestling, it's it's pandemonium. You're all watching their colors: orange and black, and and and, and, and yellow and, and gold. You know, Iowa. When I was wrestling, it's loud. When Oklahoma State right. wrestling, it's loud. Well, when that match that didn't have anything to do, it was no guy, nor it was a, 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 a OSU guy wrestling. The whole Coliseum was watching that match. And I'm sitting there watching it. Every time Skull got taken down, maybe Ohio State can't remember. The crowd would the crowd would boo or what when Skull beat that guy, score a point, escape, or whatever, the, the the entire arena would yell and laugh. Imagine that. Obviously it was the Iowa crowd. Wanted that guy that beat me to lose. And I'm watching him like, my goodness, since one of these no-name schools getting so much attention. Anyways, he ended up losing. So for the next couple of days, you know, I, the, the, I were there for two or three days, you know, and I was basically seated at the very furthest of the just Man, I'm letting my team down, and not, I'm, there's nothing I can do. I'm, I'm now wearing my street clothes, walking around like a, a spectator. And 
during the NCAA finals, uh, of course, it's in the evening, last, you know, couple hours of the tournament, I, I couldn't handle it so much. And if I could be outside or at the hotel, I would. But instead, I mean, our team's there. And so I just went away from where my team was sitting. And I went to this area in, in the uh, Iowa Arena where it was a little bit of a vacant area because it was right where the pillars in Iowa, the Iowa Arena had these giant, giant concrete pillars. And I sat up there watching, watching the NCAA final. And I was by myself. And I'm at the, I'm at the very top. I got to tell you, I'm at the very top. And it's just me in this area, probably about 10, 10 yards of emptiness because there's no one wants to sit behind the pillar. And I'm like right behind, slightly behind the pillar. And I'm, I just happened to be, to, to be looking down at the floor. And as, as, as it was the, the guys in my weight class, Rob Cole was seated number one. Joe Pantelli was seated number three. So it's going to be those two. It was basically three got in, and and um, I'm out. I'm on the bleachers, and and so I'm I'm watching that happen, and I'm seeing this 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 man, Dave Schultz, walking from one end. I caught. I, I saw him way down across the, the Coliseum floor, and he's walking with his you know uh, uh, pigeon-toed feet, and, you know his, his beard, his Stanford uh, warm-up on. He's walking down toward across the Coliseum and I'm like and I'm and I'm thinking to myself my goodness I'll never forget this moment I'm thinking man if I was as good as him I'd be in final if I wrestled like him I would be in final man all of a sudden he makes a right turn going up the stairs but we're we're talking I don't know there's several hundred steps I mean we're talking you know like Coliseum and he starts walking up as he's walking up slowly He's looking down. He's looking down at his feet. He's walking up with his pigeons on feet. And I, and I keep staring. I, I, these two guys are getting ready to wrestle. They're getting ready to wrestle. They're being introduced. They're in the middle of the mat. They're shaking hands. But I'm looking at Dave. I'm like, yeah, I was as good as him. I did what he did. I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be right there right now. So as he's walking, as he's walking closer and closer, the match just, the match just, the match just started. But I think, what's this guy doing? He's walking, he's walking up the stairs or the, the steps. It took him a, a minute or two, a minute maybe. And I'm like, my God, he's coming to me because there's nothing up here. So finally, I'm sitting there like this, and he walks right as the match is just, he walks and puts his foot right on my bleacher, right on my, where I had my feet set, right there, boom. And or on the chair in front of me, and he puts his, Elbows on the chair right in front of me, and and he looks me right in the eye. And this this is Dave Schultz. I have never spoken to that man in my entire life. I know him. I didn't know he knew me. I obviously knew of me, but I we never ever exchanged even a handshake. And he said, Vinny, I'll never forget this. Do you know how you could have avoided? Losing that match, and I said to him, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, now he speaks. I wish I talked to him before, right? And she said, I said, no, Dave, what, 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 what could I have done? He said, the only way you could have won losing that match is 
if you didn't compete. But you chose to compete like all winners do. And you turned around and you walked right back down. Oof. But I'm thinking, in other words, I mean, well, there's, there's nothing else to add to that. He showed us to compete. They're like all winners do, and he turned around and walked away. But these are, these are the, the, the people in our sport that, that without knowing what to do for someone, they do so much. It's wrestling just a great sport. It, yeah. it, there's so much emotion, so much, so much personal conviction that, that you, you gain from all that. And, and um, it, it, it was just my experience with being privileged to be part of so many great wrestlers, uh, athletes, and human beings that um, I, I, I can never thank wrestling uh, enough for what it has done for me. And we haven't even got into your coaching, your business that you own. And I am sad to say I do have to jump right now, but I'm going to call you afterwards because we got more to talk about. Vince Silva, you are the man, sir. Your memory is impeccable. Thank you so much for your time today. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner as well as our website, wrestlingchangemylife.com. Take care, y'all.